Join me right now on Kumite TV is rising featherweight prospect Alon Cruz. What's going on, Alon? Nothing much, man. How you been? Good, good, man. Uh, first question is, what is more difficult, getting interviewed by four beautiful women in bikinis or fighting in a cage? Probably getting interviewed by women in bikinis. <laughs> it, it's, you know, when you're in, when you're in fight mode, you, you're real comfortable. You know, there's no fear once you're in there. So I think being surrounded by a bunch of hot women, you'd be a little more nervous. Definitely, definitely. You know, it's something unusual, you know, in the sport because you don't really see that. You always get interviewed by like one person. But then when you got four women standing next to you in bikinis, is you know, that's another <laughs> level. Yeah, it's another level with a green screen behind you, and you don't yeah. really know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, you started wrestling in high school, probably the toughest sport, you know, growing up as a kid. You know, were you hooked instantly? Uh, yeah, man, wrestling was great. I loved it. Uh, it was it was kind of funny because once you get out of school, you you kind of dreaded going to practice because you knew you were just gonna die. It was like, oh great, I'm gonna go drill for an hour. And I'm going to run and jump rope for 45 minutes straight. But the only fun part was live wrestling. But, I, you know, you love it. You only you did everything and suffered through it all just so you could live wrestle and then so that you could wrestle on nights. You know, you had to wrestle off with your teammates for spots. It was really competitive. I think it was all about the competition. You know, the competition and obviously now knowing that I've gone through wrestling, you know, I learned, you know, how to, you know, be dedicated to what I'm doing, uh, how to have, you know, the hard work and have that put, that grind. You really can't get that type of grind unless you've done wrestling. And I actually think wrestling's still harder than MMA is, to be honest. Like, if you're trying to wrestle at a high level, I'd put that over MMA as far as difficulty. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it kind of shows in who's the champion, you know, of each, you know, weight class. Most of them are Wrestlers. come from wrestling background, you know. Um, what was the next step, you know, towards mixed martial arts after wrestling? Yeah, so... The reason I started doing martial arts was I was wrestling in high school, and during summers, we didn't have a wrestling club to stay in shape. So I told my mom, I was like, hey, I was like, can you put me in a martial arts gym? You know, maybe one of those MMA gyms. Because at that time, I had seen Ken Shamrock and Tito Ortiz fight. And I thought that was pretty cool. So uh, I, I told her, you know, put me in a gym. And that gym was actually a traditional karate school, but they were transitioning into an MMA school. So I got introduced into kickboxing. Uh, submission grappling and it was pretty cool and I stuck with it so I kept doing that and wrestling at the same time and then once I graduated high school I just continued on doing martial arts and then you know I got really serious uh into MMA when I turned 20 and that's why I took my first amateur fight that was uh Tiger Showman's right the, Tiger the, Showman's, the, the that was my first in high school right you see guys, yeah. those guys now you know they're doing their thing you know up in the east coast so yeah you know it's kind of cool right they're up at the main gym in New York with uh, Master Tiger Shulman. So, yeah, it was funny because my deshi at the time, I, he became a sensei. He uh, he was like, yeah, he's like, you know, we'll get you a few uh, amateur kickboxing matches. We'll have you go live up in New York with Master Tiger Shulman. And, uh, you know, it all sounded cool. You know, I ended up splitting, you know, parting ways before all that happened. But, you know, I still enjoyed my experience there. I read or I saw that, you know, you're talking about jujitsu was kind of like the next thing you kind of really got deep into, you know, um, how was that transition, you know, from the jujitsu to the MMA? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I've never even been in a street fight to this day, you know, so I just, the, 
the allure of jujitsu of not having to get punched in the face or kicked or anything like that, but still being able to be uh, somewhat combative with somebody, you know, intrigued me. And I used to do a lot of tournaments. I mean, I would do a tournament every weekend if I had the money or I would have a sponsor, you know, to pay for it. And so my jujitsu game got, you know, got really good. And my coach at the time, he was like, you know what, dude? He's like, I was going to college as well, uh, to our community college on the street. He's like, you should just quit college and then just go pro and start fighting. I was like, well, I was like, calm down. I, I don't even really have a striking game. I was like, I'm only a blue belt. You know, I was like, I, so I told him, here's, here's the deal. I was 18 years old. I was like, if you can find an amateur fight out of state, I'll fight as a blue belt. I said, but if not, I'll go pro, but only when I get my purple belt. And so that was our deal. And he ended up fighting some fights up in Tennessee and as an amateur. So I fought up there three times. And they were all ground and pound, no shin guard. It was basically pro rules. And then uh, I finished out my amateur career down in Florida. Nice. Now, you know, you've accumulated a 7-2 and two record as a professional so far. Pretty impressive. But it hasn't been without adversity. You know, talk about some of the pivotal moments, you know, up to this point that has, you know, that will pay dividends for you moving forward. Yeah, man. I, I always tell everybody, like, losses, they're not really losses. They're learning experiences. I don't even say you know, seven wins, two losses, seven wins and two learning experiences because I learned so much from those losses, like more than I, I did from wins. You know, there was a big uh, man jump. So I was 3-0. and This was my first loss. I was 3-0. and And I used to not really even warm up in the back. You know, I would, I would sleep the entire time. I'd get up for like five, ten minutes, move around, just get loose because I wanted to save my energy, I thought, you know, for the cage. I got in the cage and the guy that came at me, he, can't, he was already at 90%, and I was still, like, 20%. So, you know, we went back and forth in that first round, and it got to a point where I felt like my body was just – the lactic acid buildup was crazy, and it felt like I was walking through mud. And uh, he ended up catching me with a submission. So after that fight, I learned that I need to warm up and warm up really good. And so then after that, I, I beat uh, another guy who was a tough guy. He was 8-2 and two at the time, and I was 4-1. and one. And, you know, I, I dominated him, you know, after, you know, warming up really good in the back. And I also learned something from my, my next loss after that. So the biggest thing is just like they're not losses aren't negative. If you look at any of the top guys in the UFC, most of them have losses aside from, you know, John Jones having to DQ and Khabib. You know, everybody has losses and I'm sure they've, they've all learned from it. You know, even Max Holloway. Max Holloway lost Conor McGregor. You know, he fixed whatever he needed to fix. And then, you know, since then, other than Dustin Poirier. He's been on a tear, killing everybody. Yeah, even, you know, John Jones and Khabib, I think that they have a couple fights on their record that are wins. But, you know, they went to the judges and they were close fights. You know, they could have been losses too. Yeah, yeah, very close. Now, you know, you're heading to Vegas soon to face Stephen Wynn. He's undefeated guy. He has built a name for himself in the Midwest. You know, watching some of his film, what are your thoughts on his skill set? Uh, man, he's pretty well-rounded. Uh Obviously, he's 6-0 for a reason. He's undefeated. You know, he's got a few. Uh, I think my record, you know, I, I feel like I've fought some tougher guys than he has. Uh, not taking away from anybody that he's fought. But, you know, he, like I say, he's pretty well-rounded. I think my, I know my ground game is better. I know my striking is better. And I know my wrestling is better. And I guess you're going to have to know those things, right? But I'm, all, I'm also going to – I always assume that I'm going to fight the best version of Stephen Wynn that night, right? So I'm going to assume he's – patched up those holes he's improved his wrestling he's improved the jiu-jitsu he's improved the striking 
And I think he's, he seems to be primarily a striker. Um, I don't really notice him initiate too many takedowns. I mean, he's down to go to the ground, but most of the time it's his opponent grabbing him and then he'll counter-wrestle and then hunt up on top or whatever the case may be. Um, I notice he likes to hunt guillotine sometimes. Uh, he's got he's got good gas, you know, when someone's exhausted or he's exhausted too. He, he's got a good push to it. So I think it's going to be a good fight or a good matchup. We're both about the same height. I'm six foot. He's 5'11". You know, we're both tall and lanky, and, uh, you know, I'm just excited. Like, I'm, I, I want to I go out there and really prove to Dana that, you know, I belong in the UFC and prove to myself that that's where I belong. Yeah, it seems like uh, the next generation of featherweights are all tall, tall, lanky guys, you yeah. know, compared <laughs> yeah. to, like, a, you know, like a Chad Mendez or, you know, that's <laughs> like, there, there's no more of that, right? No, I, that's what I've been noticing is a lot of, like you said, a lot of 45, I've been telling my friends too. They're like, you know, most of the time when I was coming up, I was fighting short, stocky guys, you know, like wrestlers and whatnot. But I fought dudes that are just as tall as me. You know, uh, Josh Millwood, he was 5'11". Steve Garcia was 5'11". Um, I think that's about it, really. 5'9", 5'10". It doesn't really make a difference. But I think uh, for fighting, just a long, lanky frame works well. Obviously, for striking, um, we have good leverage. But, I mean, there are also studs that are short and stocky. I mean, look at Frank Yeager. Frank Yeager's still a killer, and he's, like, five foot four. You know, but, I mean, he's a beast. But then Max Holloway's the champ, and he's tall and lanky. You know, so, and John Jones, for his weight class, he's tall and lanky. So, I don't know. It just, I, I just think the sport is leaning more towards strikers with good takedown defense and good uh, submission defense as opposed to, you know, Maybe just really good wrestler, but then you have to have a wrestling back. I don't know. It's kind of hard. It's, it's styles make fights. It's always styles make fights. So it's hard to really pinpoint what uh, what dominates, other than wrestling, I guess, for the most part. All right. So the next thing, um, you know, are you the type of guy? You know, are you the type of fighter that uh, trains for the opponent, or do you mainly focus on yourself during training camp? I'll say a little bit of both. In my mind, I'm always training for whoever's the current champion. So Max Holloway is my opponent. But that's not to say I don't overlook my opponent. So I've definitely watched his video. You know, I've seen some things that he does, you know, just get a general sense of what his type of game is. And then my coach watches his video and kind of like goes into a little more in depth and lets me know what we need to work on. Because I don't like to, I don't want to watch too much video because in the past I get so sucked into watching everything and just like, it kind of freaks me out. And then if, like, I go in the fight and I assume he's going to do something and he doesn't do it, then I might freak out in that moment. So what I do now is I watch video in the very beginning when I find out who it is, and then I just don't watch anything, you know, maybe a little bit here or there. But for the whole camp, I really don't watch anything. Then as the fight gets closer, I'll rewatch some of the fights just to get, a like, a refresher. And then from there, I just, you know, the entire camp, I'm always trying to learn. I'm just trying to, you know – fix my, you know, sharpen my tools and fix my holes that I have. Because, you know, one, I just like to learn. And then two, you, you have to fix your holes. Because when you get to the UFC, there's no time to really build on your, your skills. Everybody's already good at everything. Or they're very, or they're exceptional at something. So when I get to the UFC, I want to be a polished product. You know, I'm 29 years old. I'm about to turn 30 this year. So when I get into the UFC, I can't have holes in my game you know, and get kicked out and then fight my way back up. It's, you know, it's too late. Like, I have to be ready to go and have all my X's crossed so that when I'm there, I stay there for a long time. 
Who are the coaches around you that have molded you into the fighter that you are today? And my uh, head coach, Daniel Hurtado, he, uh, he's my head striking coach. I've been with him since my, since my second amateur fight, uh, all the way to pro. And he's definitely, you know, helped me learn how to use my range a lot. You know, it takes a lot of time for people to, it takes a lot of time for people to learn how to use the range with long and lanky. And he's really like pulled that out of me. And uh, just on the mental aspect too, he's got me in that mindset where like, you know, can you curse on the show? Yeah, yeah. Just like fuck everybody else and, you know, go out there and kill, you know, like, like before, cause like mentally I was never like that. I'm never like that, but he gets me in that mindset where I'm just like, fuck it. Like, fuck this dude, fuck everybody else. You know, I can whoop anybody's ass, you know? And then I've also got my wrestling coach, uh, Mamu Goma. He wrestled for the Egyptian world team. And, uh, man, Mahmoud is just like, he's the funniest, goofiest person I know. Uh, maybe it's like an Egyptian thing, but he's also a monster. You know, I wrestle, when I wrestle with other people, you know, I can toss them around and I feel great and whatnot. But when he comes out to wrestle with me, he's tossing me left and right. And it almost, it's almost defeating sometimes. When, I, when he wants to wrestle with me, I'm like, yo, I'm like, why? Like, what am I going to do? Uh, and then I also have my jiu-jitsu coach, uh, Joey Best. Uh, Ebor City Jiu-Jitsu Club. He, uh, man, he's a black belt, and he's just—he's a small guy. Like he's probably 145 pounds, and those are the guys that have really good technique because they—they—they they, they can't outmuscle people. You know, they're going with bigger guys all the time. So everything he does is super technical, which I love because I don't want to waste energy or have to big man things, which I can do. I can big man things, but I'd rather just be very technical have the correct technique. He's always learning new things that are coming out. He wants to try out new stuff. He's not just stuck in one set way. And he's just really down to earth, you know. And then I just picked up a uh, strength coach as well, uh, Frederick Sadler at my CrossFit gym, uh, the athletic studio. And we've just been kind of working on uh, – I've never really touched weights really at all, like my entire career. So now we're not even really like lifting heavy or anything like that, just more so evening my body out just stabilizing things, working on things that like maybe one side of my core is not as, t- as strong as the other side. So I feel so much more stable this camp and a little stronger, but not like I'm not bulking up, you know, like I can't be putting on 10 extra pounds or something, you know, cause that would make the weight cut extremely hard. Definitely, man. Well, you know, outside of your coaches, you have, you know, your mother, man, she seems like she's your biggest supporter from day one. You know, a lot of mothers wouldn't support from day one. You know, they'd be kind of like, hey, you know, you want to get this fighting thing. You know, I don't know about this. But uh, how, you know, big of an impact has she had on your career? Man, she she is my my biggest supporter. Um, Also my girlfriend as well. But my mom, she just, I mean, since I was a kid, she's always, whatever I wanted to do, she was like, yeah, okay, you know, 100%, like, let's do it. Like, I, she was never like, "Uh, are you sure you want to do that? Like, from a young kid, I've always been playing – uh, I played soccer, I played street hockey, basketball, baseball, uh, flag football, you name it. You know, I played like six different sports at the same time. And, you know, even when I wanted to start skateboarding, you know, I wanted to be a skater. My mom was like, okay, cool. She bought me my first board, you know, and like she would take me to the skate park of Tampa uh, when I need to drive out there with my friends. Like she was always supporting me in whatever I wanted to do. So when I wanted to do wrestling, she was like, oh, cool. All right. So then I joined wrestling. She was helping me out. She would help me with my meals you know, eating food. I mean, half the time it was going to Evo's after, after a workout, eating there every day. But, uh, yeah, when I started, when I wanted to start doing, uh, martial arts, 
you know, she's like, all right. So she found a gym. And then for a while we were paying, you know, it was, it was, it was a good amount of money there, you know, but we worked out so that this was a funny story. I used to wear these tiger showmans used to have a tiger suit. So like at the mall, the tiger would be out there and we'd be there with another girl and she'd be giving out free classes. And I was in a tiger suit saying hello to the kids and whatnot. And that's what I did to pay for my sparring gear. So, you know, and so, so then my mom didn't have to, and then I was able to pay uh, my my own monthly dues for free after that because I was doing this. So then my mom didn't have to worry about it. But she's always been my number one supporter. You know, anything I need, you know, if I'm a little low on money, you know, she'll help me out. If I need a place to crash right now, she would totally let me come live at her house. You know, there's it's always an open door with her. And uh, yeah, I mean, I love her and, you know, I just want to take care of her in the future. You know, that's my that's definitely a big part of my plan. You go to Vegas. You get the win impressively. Dana gives you that contract. You know, what separates you from the rest of the pack in the featherweight division? Well, for one, most of them aren't tall and lanky. <laughs> so a lot of them are short and stocky, and they're not going to have a good time trying to shoot in on me. But I love to wrestle, so it's okay. Um, I just think that I'm just a, I'm a smarter fighter. I know how to keep my distance very well, which if you notice, Max Holloway is very good at, at, at keeping his distance. And I think I'm very good at that as well. Um, if the fight should go on to a three-round fight or if it should go through later rounds, whatever the case may be, I'm willing to go to that dark place. I'm, I'm willing to take it to, you know, places that they're not willing to go or push the pace. Even if I'm exhausted, because I always focus on this in training, even if I'm exhausted, I'm tired and my muscles are burning and I'm breathing heavy, I'm always trying to push the pace. I'm just trying to – I don't care if it's sloppy and I'm ripping my arms over because if I hear – and I know they're tired – then I know I just need to keep pushing, keep going, because I know they're more tired than I am, as long as I'm on top. And uh, I just don't, I don't, it's not sure, not everybody has that instilled in them. And it might be from wrestling, maybe, I don't know. Or maybe it's just, you know, growing up in a small town, you know, doing yard work every weekend and, you know, being around horses and, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> you know, I remember my mom and my grandma every every Saturday and Sunday, it was yard work. I used to hate weekends because they made me go outside, pull weeds. We were cutting down trees, plant new plants, digging ditches, like just basic farm boy stuff. And uh, I mean, I definitely think it made it. It made me better mentally, probably physically too. Uh, just growing up in that that environment, you know. My mom's like, you know, she's a hard worker as well. Everybody in my family's a hard worker. They're all, but they're all hard headed as well. But uh, you know, so I think I get that from them. All right, man. July 30th, Dana White's Contender Series, Las Vegas. Alon, thank you so much for your time and uh, good luck on everything and all the stuff that's in your future. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.